man, the myth, the beard, as I like to refer to you as. Do you think, uh, how long have you had that beard? I bet I must be going on about a decade now, give or take. <laughs> really? Yeah, and with uh, with quarantine, um, you know, there hasn't even been a trim other than to keep the, <laughs> keep the stash out of my uh, out of my beer. It's looking pretty bushy. Yeah. Well, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, it's uh, a couple squirrels in there for sure. Do you what remember you? the last time you saw your chin? Um, in a picture uh, that <laughs> someone had posted on Facebook, and I didn't even recognize myself. I looked like <laughs> such a little baby. I, uh, I've actually never grown a beard until this year. I never bothered because it ne- I never thought it would come in full enough to be respectable. Uh-huh. But once I get past that first month of looking terrible, it actually came in all right. Yeah, there's that really itching phase, the patchy phase that you go through. But the thing is, Chris, you have such a luxurious head of hair. Uh, you don't need the facial hair. <laughs> Guys uh, like me that are losing it up top, just let gravity bring the hair down on Exactly. You're, you're not losing it. It's just moving. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And with that, welcome to episode 38 of Stories from a Bar. Also the last episode of 2020, too. So oh, wow. looking, yeah, looking forward to this year to, being over. Honored to be a part of it. And uh, I'm not usually a numbers guy, but I like number 38 because my two favorite numbers are 31 and 7. So that's 38. So this worked out perfectly then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And yes, uh, I don't think that, you know, a switch is going to be flipped turn uh, January 1st, 2021, but I think we're all, we're all ready to move on and we see the light at the end of the tunnel here. Yeah, here's hoping, but uh, I'm your host, Chris Osborne, and for this virtual episode, I'm hanging out with Jeff and is it actually pronounced Morad or Morad? You nailed it. That's perfect. Not even everybody in my family says it that perfectly. It's Morad, yes. Well, I had come across an article earlier today, I think, uh, with you and the te- Two Buttons Deep crew, you did like a 10 questions or something a couple of years ago, yeah. and she made a point in writing in her article how she pronounced your name. <laughs> that was fun. Uh, they do such a great job there, Two Buttons Deep. They're, they're a fun follow and read for sure. Also, if you see me looking to the side a lot, that's just where my notes are. So I am paying attention. Okay. <laughs> All right. Are we, are we, is this, this podcast couldn't also be video too, could it? Or is it? It could. Okay. All right. But I, that's not usually what I, my intention. I'm glad I have clothes on then. Okay. <laughs> like I said, Hey man, only, you really only need stuff from the waist up, I guess. Yeah, that's it. That's the life. Uh, unless you're Jeffrey Tubin, right? From CNN. And, oh. uh, <laughs> Chris, can I crack open my beer? Yeah, absolutely, man. I, right. I've been drinking. Let's get into that. First off, you are the program director over at The Real Alternative, WEQX. And welcome to the show. I appreciate you taking the time to have some drinks and chat with me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I love following you and what you do. It's a great follow. You often come up on the air. And um, I mean, it just it makes you thirsty looking at your Instagram. <laughs> So fantastic. I mean, I get thirsty looking at it, and I'm the one taking the dr- pictures and drinking, so, you know. Cheers. Cheers. I've got That's myself an Upper Pass uh, Beer Company up there in Stowe, Vermont. They're, nice. I, I don't know if it's called First Drop or First Drip, because they use a hop uh, as what it would be the O or the I in the logo for it. So maybe it's First Drip, maybe it's First Drop. Oh, it's First Drop, because there it is written out on the back of the can. It's a double dry hopped American pale ale with Azaka, Centennial, Mosaic, and Citra hops, which are all of my favorite hops. I've only had one of their beers, and not that long ago, my aunt had taken a trip to Vermont and brought me back uh, some of their stuff and some Alchemist stuff, which I was, which I'm always stoked about because <laughs> that's a good aunt you got there. Yeah, not easy to come by around here. Right. It's funny, just at the. Uh, at the general store at the end of my road. I recently moved, my wife and I, Aaron, moved uh, to Danby, Vermont from downtown Albany. And the, the little general store uh, down the road from us, you can get, you can get Heady Topper like next to Bud Light. <laughs> oh, man. I'm rolling with some Troy Division IPA from Rare Form right in Troy. Yes, I love what they do there. And it, what a beautiful spot and gorgeous people. 
Oh, yeah. Kevin's great. He was on an early episode. Super nice guy. He comes up a lot when I talk to a lot of brewers and stuff yeah. like that. And I honestly, just Troy Division, it's a perfect play on words using the symbol and everything with the bridge there. It's great. Great Love beer. It. Love it. Yeah, Rare Form makes some great stuff. I also have some of their confetti Mexican lager in the fridge, too. <laughs> awesome. That sounds, that sounds great. Uh, I've enjoyed a lot of great Mexican lagers recently. No, it's, yeah, that was, it's great. Nice, fresh and light when I, you know, not looking for something heavy, but want to keep drinking. <laughs> and it seems like a few uh, great local breweries. I think Scott at Indian Ladder Farms put out a Mexican lager not too long ago. <clears throat> lots, lots of that happening locally. There's no real shortage of selection locally around the area, which is awesome. Beautiful and world we live in. Oh, it's fantastic. And like I said, when I caught part of your Zoom yesterday with Pearson from Browns, I did end up getting to Browns yesterday and picking up two cases. <laughs> well, I they picked, had such sweet deals going on. Right? I know, man. You, I couldn't pass that up. You, uh, what, buy one, get one half off, and it's also yeah. like $20 a case. So I got 48 beers for, you know, 34 bucks plus a tip. Right. And that's quality like, beer. And thank you for plus the tip. Yes, yeah, oh yeah. absolutely, man. I am just here. I have so many friends in the service industry. Who I think it was Tim Taney from Slide and Dirty posted something recently online that their uh, their servers are averaging two percent gratuity on carryouts. So when people order online, uh, they're not seeing someone face to face, and they just pick it up, grab and go. Uh, they're tipping like assholes. Pardon my French. So yeah, that gratuities. Uh, cheers to you, Chris. Hey. No problem, man. That's uh, that's what they're there for. But that also doesn't surprise me to hear that. Uh, I just, most people are in the mindset if you're just grabbing and going something like that. To you know, you don't probably most people don't think of the tip. Yeah, yeah. I picked up a case of the Crush Golden Lager, which is awesome, and a case of their Pale Ale, which I haven't tried yet. I have that sitting to the side here for provided I get through my Troy Division. <laughs> At, uh, that Browns Pale Ale, you get the 16 ounce can. Uh, it's a case of the 12 ounce cans. Okay. They just released uh, a pale ale, similar, exactly the same label, I believe, but in 16 ounce. And that's a New York State pale ale. So every single thing inside that can is New York State grown. Now, is that the one that's in uh, the 12 beers of Christmas that oh, Mike Hajnicki put together with Racing City? I haven't seen the 12 beers of Christmas yet. Ah. I, I got I to get on that. I went straight from Browns to go pick up my box yesterday <laughs> up in Saratoga. Nice. I bet that is the one in there then. Yeah, 12 beers. Uh, Racing City Brewing put it together with Mike Hajnicki. Hopefully I'm saying that close enough to write. Runs the Spa City Brew Bus. Yeah. And uh, 12 beers from 12 local breweries, and I'm looking forward to cracking that open. The only thing is, it's an advent calendar. So if I want to wrap that up on Christmas, I can't start it till like next weekend. <laughs> This is how uh, my memory works. You're exactly right, and I remember that now. Michael had commented during our uh, stream with Pearson yesterday. That is, in fact, the beer that's on the 12 beers of Christmas. The, ah, excellent. Yeah. Yeah, so I can't even start those until next weekend, and I don't know how I'm going to handle only drinking one a day of those. I... Um, I wish I had words of wisdom for you, but no, I wouldn't get Well, them. again, that's why I bought 48 beers from Browns. I got to supplement <laughs> all those extras somewhere. And for 30 bucks, come I on. I know, man. People, go to, go to Browns and stock up if you can, right in Troy. Yeah, and, and if you uh, want a nice little cruise, the Sack Tap Room, have you been out there yet, Chris? Oh, yeah. Beautiful. That place is amazing. Beautiful spot, yeah. A buddy of mine for a bachelor party, we did a, a beer bus tour. It wasn't the Spa City Brew Bus at the time. This was over five years ago, but it took us up that way to the Walsamic Tap Room. Super old, like, was it a paper company or something like that before they turned it into their main? I believe wallpaper factory. Yeah. 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 Huge brick building right on a small creek in the woods. I'm like, this place is amazing. Yep. Yeah. And Brown's one of those places that, uh, you know, there was, there's never been and never will be Cuomo chips on their menu. They have uh, nearly fine dining as the <laughs> tap room setting goes. But, uh, yeah, they do. And I don't know if they had food back when we went. I know they've been really ramped up a menu now. Chris, so. you're on a bachelor party tour. <laughs> uh, <laughs> food was not on your mind. No, it was not. We ordered pizza at one of the stops from just 
a mountain of pizza, devoured that, and then kept going. Smart. And I, I wake up early enough during the week to catch, see that you're always talking to a lot of bre- local brewers and stuff on Zoom. Yeah. Uh, on EQX in the morning, which is awesome. Like I said, I call your chat with Pearson the other day. Uh, and after catching your virtual happy hour the other night, man, you got to get up to or, or over to uh, Unified. Unified's great stuff. Absolutely loved uh, hearing, find out all about that. So remind me where Unified is again. Malta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, Jeff and, geez, I feel so bad. What, what was her name? Erica. That's it, Erica and Jeff. Um, you, you're absolutely right. I do have to get there and support it. And it's just a hop, skip, and a jump from, uh, from my boy Sugar Chain's place in Nola. So there's a, a lot of awesome things happening in Malta. Yeah, Malta really blew up, especially since they put in the, uh, the nano chip plant there. And yeah. they've just been a lot of construction on the roads and everything. So all kinds of stuff popping up there. And it, it, it sounds like Jeff and Erica at Unified constantly changing their lineup of beers. And that's what I love about small little places like that. Like they, you know, small batches, boom, boom, boom. So you get to enjoy all kinds of great, delicious beers all the time. Yeah. And uh, I believe they went to the, uh, they came out of the SCCC program that uh, Rich from Frog Alley teaches. That is, so, who doesn't come out of that? Um, I know, man. I was talking to Dave Gardell at the Ruck, and he was just listening to people because he, he went through that program too. Like, they came out of it. And um, he worked with, I know Kevin at Rare Form is at least takes on people that need to put in the hours. And, you know, a whole bunch of local breweries that are getting started have gone through, gathered from Rich's knowledge. I doubt that because of the pandemic, um, they've started the classrooms at Frog Alley, but Frog Alley actually built uh, a classroom there for for that program (laughs) inside their facilities in in Schenectady. I haven't seen the classroom. I was there one time uh, recording another podcast with a buddy and Rich came over and took us around and showed us everything. But yeah, I don't think the classroom was ready at that point. Um, Rich is a beautiful human. Cheers to him. Yeah, super nice guy. In fact, I got to get in touch with him. I have all kinds of notes ready to go. I got to set something up with him and Drew. Yeah. Hopefully one of these days. Yeah. yeah. The you, great crew out there. Amazing stuff, what they've done as part of the revitalization of downtown Schenectady. And and I just love how the all all three of the tries, Troy, Schenectady, Albany, all of the downtowns uh, really coming back to life. It sucks that it's been put on pause for this year, but it gives us uh, something to look forward for to for sure once once uh, you know we get through this tunnel it's, it's going to be awesome what's going on in in all three of those downtowns yeah man i'm really hoping come you know spring summer restrictions loosen up there's the vaccine out there that's helping and i i mean i think masks will still be around for quite some time just to help suggested to help you know slow things down even more yeah. but hopefully things can get back to normal where you can actually congregate in these places yeah i still can't believe that we're nine months into this now and no one has come up with a mask that's easy to drink out of like uh early <laughs> on i had suggested and i give i still give uh my my big brain idea to any inventor out there it's like a sphincter type system right where uh it's just guy for a straw you know it doesn't let any virus in just lets the beer in chris you're that's laughing a, at me. You think I'm no, man, that's a brilliant idea. There's got to be something. I mean, someone somewhere has to be workshopping stuff like mm-hmm. that. And even you know if you are. want to incorporate one of those hats that has the cup holders, so you got a, a drink on both sides with the straw coming in, whatever you inventors want to do, there's the idea. Go with it, please. No We're joke. I was there. thinking about buying one of those the other day. <laughs> just, just <to> have, <laughs> and I was talking to a guy, a, a buddy at work. He's like, yeah, man, but you won't get through the beer fast enough. You're drinking two cans at once. It's going to get warm. Like, you know what? That's a fair point. What's your day job? Uh, I work for the government, technically. I'm a government contractor. I edit technical manuals for the Navy, basically. Okay. Okay, great. Thanks for your work there, man. I do have a good group that I work with, so I'm fortunate there. And I, of course, I've, you know, I'm more fortunate to still be going to work. You do go into the office? Yeah. They, uh, I, I, it's not work we can take home. So don't really have a choice. Yep. But I mentioned earlier this is a virtual episode. One, you're in Vermont, of course. 
<laughs> and I'm in Niskayuna, Schenectady area. But uh, I'm probably going to dial back to try to mix in some more virtuals with things getting a little worse out there. My girlfriend has asthma and there's been a couple close calls around me. So figure it's safer to dial it back in for a little bit. Smart. Very smart. And plus this will give me a chance to maybe even get in touch with or set up some shows or record a bunch at one time with, you know, people a little more distant that I wouldn't normally get out to. So yeah. hoping I can pull that stuff off too. And like you said, I don't know if we were already recording. Uh, maybe this did make it on the recording. You, you had said early on in this conversation, uh, you can definitely have some more beverages. Here, <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> yep. Like I said, my couch is only about 10 feet away. So <laughs> I don't need to go far. Although I am doing a second podcast tonight, but that's a movie review one on Batman Forever. Oh, okay, cool. Should we watch Batman Forever tonight, DJ Squeaky Clean? We're trying to think of a movie to watch tonight. I've never seen it. Yeah, You haven't seen it, huh? Uh-uh. No. Where'd you get your beautiful tree at? Uh, that's a fake tree I got from Walmart, but it's been super durable as I've had it like eight years. <laughs> well, you know, it's an interesting uh, debate between real trees and artificial trees. And uh, what's better for the environment? See, eight years you've gone without cutting a tree down. I'd say I've gotten my money's worth and I haven't killed a tree, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if, if Freddie the forest tree comes through real well in my background. Oh, here. no, I can see him. Yeah, he's a little, he's, he's pretty Charlie Brown, but it was cool. $5 went to the uh, Vermont Ranger Station here where they use the money to get kids out. It's a kids outdoors initiative. And, uh, and Aaron and I went into the forest and hacksawed down a tree. Nice. And then tick checked each other. <laughs> <laughs> you got to do that too. Yeah. I mean, we, we mentioned Frog Alley. You got yourself on one of their cans of beer or had a beer named after you. How did you get that to happen? How'd that come together? I spent a lot of time sitting <laughs> at the bar there. <laughs> is, that, is that all it takes? Just sit yeah. there constantly <laughs> drinking until they, you're not going to leave until they name something after you? Well, when, when they opened up, uh, I did spend a lot of time there, and we were doing a lot of concerts there, and I can't wait to bring that all back. But yeah, JT and I were, were sitting there, and they had the Mo Hop and uh, Mo Rad, you know, it just seemed to make sense, and, and that was my favorite uh, beer that they had there, even which is tough to say because the Squint Sour is just amazing. It, but they had that, that Mo Hop series, Right. Yeah. They got, I don't know how high they ended up getting up there, but like the Mohawk number five and number nine, I couldn't stop with those. And they're like, hey, what if we we, we got to somehow bring this Mohawk series to a conclusion here? Uh, pick your favorite one and we'll call it the Morad. So nice. Um, yeah. And then I couldn't have been more honored that they would, would do that. But then just the creative on it, the label was so cool. And I, I still, I wish I had some full ones left, but obviously I don't. I drank all those, but <laughs> I just love having the can up, uh, up on the shelf. You know, it reminds me of all the good times and people there at Frog Alley and how we'll be getting back to it soon. And then we had, we had an incredible release party there uh, with Run River North. And it just so happened to fall on, I think it was the wing walk happening. Um, oh, this is my favorite day of the year. Chaos. Chaos. The Wayne Walk's my favorite day of the year. So sad that couldn't happen this year. Yeah. Just walking around, drinking, and eating wings for eight hours. Right. Now, I come uh, – I was born and raised in Erie, Pennsylvania, which is just down the road from Buffalo. So, wings are an important part of my life. Um, they're, they're a third religion. And I will tell you that 20 North there in Schenectady – has, in my opinion, some of the best freaking wings on the planet. Oh, yeah, and that's the general consensus. Yeah. Are you familiar with Artisanal Brew Works? You bet. You bet. I've been trying to convince Kurt, one of the owners there, to use my yearbook picture for his Picture Day series, and it still hasn't happened yet. I keep telling him, you're, you're going to run out of employee yearbook photos one of these days. Yeah. You yeah, got to. You got to, and I'll be waiting yeah. in the wings. <laughs> so, Kurt, if you hear this, I'm still waiting. Uh, congratulations to them and their uh, their new space, right? Yeah, they well, they just opened the temporary tap room today. Their license finally kicked in. So I don't know how long it'll be before they move to their final new location, but I'm certainly looking forward to checking that out in Wilton. 
I think that one will be too. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Dan Kravitz, uh, you know, the, I, I know I like to toast a lot of people because it wets my whistle often, but we, we have a lot of fantastic people uh, throughout this region, and Dan Kravitz is certainly one of them. Yeah, and doing the podcast, I've had a chance to meet all these people, and everyone's been so friendly and accommodating that it's almost takes me off guard. Everyone's, well, I mean, everyone's always happy to talk about themselves and their business. So I think of it as a win-win. Fun hobby for me, you know, help these people promote their stuff. And lots of tasty beer. Yeah, well, look, Chris, if you're running into too many good people, I can flip on a dime and be a total dick here. <laughs> uh, no, I think we're good. I think, we should, I think we've reached a good level so far. We should probably keep rolling with this. Okay, okay. Yeah, but Artisanal's great. And you talked about a place that, you know, does a lot of, like, rare form with their experimental stuff. That's one of the things I always love about Artisanal. And I've mentioned this a number of times. If you don't go there for a few weeks, they have a whole new menu almost every month. Yeah. You know, they have their two or three core beers you can expect. And then it's just a rotating list of all kinds of fun shit that they're mixing together and trying up there. Were you able to get your hands on the um, the cereal-inspired? <laughs> the Sugar square Yes. <laughs> Inspired cereal. Yes. I haven't tried that yet. I want to. Incredible. Incredible. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Really fun <laughs> beer. We're also recording this at a good time because next weekend I've got a new video game coming and that's where all my free time's going. Okay. Well, uh, be, I, don't, be... I don't video game. Ah, okay. Well, I was fortunate enough to get a PS5 uh, right when they first came out and I'll be playing the new cyberpunk game that's coming out. Huge uh rpg game it's gonna from what i see it's got at least 200 hours of gameplay so that's where all my focus is gonna be <laughs> um i'm so ignorant rpg is that role play game it is okay it is all right see you're, uh, you're not that bad you got it it sounds like a blast uh and we keep talking about it we went way more analog when the lockdown started by buying games like connect four <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Uh, keeping it, keeping ourselves occupied that way. But we keep talking about, because I don't know, the, these games have come so far. I think the last video game I was into, um, and, and you'll laugh at me for this, I bet, was Tech Mobile. Oh, man, that was a great game, too. Yeah, so much fun. Back on um, the Nintendo. Do, do those still, do those kinds of games still exist? Like Madden still putting out Madden football games and all that? I would imagine so. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that would be fun. That would be fun. Uh, especially because I feel like I stand a better chance because DJ Squeaky Clean has been whooping my butt at everything. We keep a, we're very competitive, so we keep a scorebook. DJ not, Squeaky Clean? DJ Squeaky Clean is what I call, uh, call my better half. <laughs> um, <laughs> because why she's she's over here enjoying uh, enjoying a drink with us too. I think it's just because you like to go. Oh, wicka wicka! Oh, singing in the shower. Okay. <laughs> Let me ask you this about Connect Four. As yeah. you were talking about this with Pearson the other day, if I understand correctly, your wife basically kicks your ass in this most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> I already said that, Chris. Why do you have to bring that back up, man? Well, I, my question goes to this: Is it? Uh, and I thought of this was funny when I heard you say this. You'll occasionally win, but then she'll point out three or four ways she could have beat you. Yep. yep. Is is winning and having her tell you that worse than actually just losing straight without the win? I've been doing a really good job, I think, at controlling my temper lately. So I just get up and walk away. <laughs> I just go. I got. I got to go add a log to the fire or something, man. I'll be back. You're not flipping the table or flinging the connect four pieces all over. Exactly. <laughs> Although I did, I did find a connect four piece on the floor the other day, and I was like, "Uh oh, did I did I throw rage last night? What happened? I think I just dropped it." Is all. <laughs> so anyone who has been kind enough to listen to the podcast, uh, I've talked with a number of number of craft beer people and you know bar people. I've gotten, of course, a great sense of how COVID's affecting their business and everything. Has there been a real effect in radio from COVID? I'm curious how it's affected the radio industry Yeah, that, you, that you've seen or something like that. Huge uh, in, in so many ways. For, first off, the way it has affected radio, and this is in a positive way, is that 
so radio was first invented roughly to to alert people of emergencies and thankfully there weren't any emergencies happening that uh that you know deemed 24 hours of someone just there talking so that's where the entertainment portion came into the radio and then advertise you know hey we can sell this entertainment we can make money we can make a business out of this and we're still here to alert people of uh of emergencies and provide information to the community and things of that nature. So it's, I was, I was on the air when nine 11 happened and this has been tantamount to that. If not has now superseded that with all due respect to nine 11 and, and just, you know, being there for the community and providing information along with uh, at EQX, we like to provide comfort uh, as well and, and a proper tone and things of that nature. Um, so it has, it has definitely affected us in that way. It's reminded us of why we're all broadcasters and why the radio station is there and why it exists. And then, uh, in a negative way, just like everybody, you know, revenue down in a, in a huge way. And, uh, and we're proud that we, you know, we, we refuse, we, we look at ourselves as the, the musicians of the Titanic. We're going to be the last ones out, you know, it, we're not gonna. We're gonna do our best to not change the the mission of the of the radio station. Um, but we we have to. And I hate using this terminology. I think, but we have to pivot. We have to figure out something, you know. And that's where local businesses actually really came into into play. And you know, they need it. In good times, it's important to advertise. In bad times, it's even more important to advertise. And and a lot of smart business people realize that. And, uh, and so we were able to help them get the word out and they were able to help us keep, uh, keep the lights on at the radio station. And, uh, and so that's been, that's been a, a way that we've changed joy who does the midday shift on the radio station as a former small business owner, along with a billion other things she's done, uh, in her, in her interesting <laughs> career. But so she came up with this idea called the Sunday brunch, which is on from 11 to noon. And with her experience as a small business owner, it makes her a great host for this show. She brings on local business owners, finds out their passion, their story, gets the, gets the word out there. And it's, it's become very popular amongst the business owners. And, and EQX, we have listeners, but the, the listenership is more like a family. I think you feel like you're part of a family when you listen to EQX. Like you see a sticker on the Northway or whatever, a bumper sticker, and you're like, oh, I like that person. I'll let them in. Um, and you're 100% right there because I feel like uh, it, there's just a different feel when you listen to EQX than, you know, the other local stations or a lot of stations in general. And I think that's exactly what it is. Yeah. It seems like more of a, you know, connectedness. Yeah. And that's just, you know, uh, Brooks, the, the gentleman that started the radio station, cheers to him, rest his soul. Uh, and his, and his wife, Mimi, who continues to run the radio station to the day that to today, that's just, uh, that's the vibe that's there. And that's the, that's the way we're going to be come hell or high water. And I have, a, I have a lot of great friends that are in corporate radio and, and I in no way want to knock them, but that's just the structure that they have. And we have a different structure, albeit a, a structure that's a, you know, hundred plus year Victorian home that's crumbling, but <laughs> it's structure, damn it. And, hey, that's, uh, it's character. That's what that is. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, another way, a third way that COVID has affected us is uh, how just like it has you. Uh, we're doing this virtually right now. And that's the way we've had to do concerts and artist interviews and, and having Pearson and India Ladder Farms and, and Dan from Single Cut. Um, you know, we, we do it virtually and that's the world we live in. And I, I got to be honest with you, when we go back to being able to be face to face, I might still enjoy doing some of these things from time to time virtually. You know, it's. I, and, I mean, you certainly won't be alone. I think it'll be a long time once it's okay for people to gather for people to get back to the mentality that it's actually okay <laughs> even you know yeah. long after it might actually be okay mm -hmm. i mean isn't it so interesting we st i i at least personally have not gotten used to it yet if you're watching a movie or something and you're like where's your fucking mask get away from that person it's like oh this movie was uh, filmed in 2000 <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, I'm starting to have the thoughts when I watch like new commercials or episodes of stuff that I know are new and that I haven't seen. I'm like, it just seems so weird to not see a single mask around. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my, my good friend and coworker Keller, Jason Keller, um, was an extra on that uh, episode of what's, what's the Netflix series called that, uh, that he went and was an extra real love, modern love. Oh, oh, the Amazon series that just yeah, yeah. up. Yeah. And he was describing that whole process. So first off, I think everybody that was on set was tested three or four times throughout the, throughout the process. And, and they took everything very seriously. But yeah, when you would walk into your scene, you would take your mask off right at the last second. And then there was someone who, I, I wonder what their name is. You know, you got the key grip and the best boy. Well, there was someone whose job it was just to go around and remind people, mask on, put your mask on, put your, you know. So they're doing it and doing it safely for now, it seems. But yeah, it's just a whole new process. Yeah. So how long have you been at EQX now? 13 years this past August. It was 13 years. Oh, wow. I've, ha I've had EQX as a constant in my car on one of the programs since I moved back up here from South Carolina somewhere in 2003 or so. Okay. Yeah, it's always been there, one of the constants. Well, other stations have come and, go come and gone. EQX, always there. Super reliable. <laughs> Super <laughs> Which reliable, is awesome. man. Yeah, unless we have ice on the tower, we're super. Relaxed. Oh yeah, that's right. The towers, the towers come down before, right? Because of ice. Yes. Oh my gosh, that was wild. Ice and wind brought the brought the antenna down off of the tower, um, and what a nightmare scenario that was. And we have such mountain men crazies that will go up because the the tower is up on top of Mount Equinox, which is just a rough environment up there it's the tallest mountain in the taconic range and uh and the wind how the weather is is horrendous up there but uh we've got a tower company out of new hampshire that comes over with their uh with their snow cats and things of that nature and and gets us back on air as quickly as possible when that happens so unless unless you're in downtown troy we're pretty reliable throughout uh, throughout a massive <laughs> And we blame that on the aliens at RPI. It's it's funny because EQX, of course, is so ingrained in the Capital Region music scene, radio scene. It's always funny to remember when I remember you you guys are actually in Manchester, Vermont. Yeah, an hour and a half drive away. It's uh, it's fascinating. Brooks uh, was a, was a Texan to begin with, so you know, big was always on his mind. And he was doing sales for, uh, I believe, CBS 6 at the time and was driving through the area and realized there was no, no radio station. Like, what if he owned a company and wanted to advertise? There's nowhere to advertise that company in this area. So that was where it all started, his idea to, to build the radio station. And then with his Texas mentality, he just he did it big, 50,000 watts on top of the highest mountain in the Taconic Range. and. And boom, there it is, covering the Berkshires and southwest New Hampshire, southern Vermont, the entire capital region. It's, it's, it's impressive. And, oh, yeah, it's been, wait, he started the station back in, was it 84? 84, November 14th, 1984. So, it's, wow, yeah, it's been around a long time. Yeah, and it's, uh, it, that, those story, those walls have some stories. We, uh, we, we we're, always talking about, and I think we're getting closer to starting to begin the process of getting some kind of book put together because it just can't not happen. And, and uh, Mimi, she has all these stories, some of which are just, they, they sound made up, man. The early days of radio uh, are crazy, crazy times. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe someday we'll, we'll get that done. Can I go grab another beer, Chris? Go for it, man. Okay. You got any commercial plugs you got to put out there? Uh, no, I'm going to sit here and chug the rest of my Troy Division and then open a second beer. Oh, thank you. Yeah. All right. Let's see. What do I want to have? What, are, what did I grab? A heady topper I brought up? What's that Otter Creek? I'll take that Otter Creek. Thank you. That DJ squeaky clean. 
We, uh, so we just, well, actually today is our one month anniversary of being in this house, right? Oh, wow. Cheers to that. But our fridge has a really squeaky, which is funny, DJ squeaky clean, right? Uh, a really squeaky hinge that we've decided not to fix because to us, it sounds like that hinge is saying, hello, when you open it. <laughs> And then goodbye when you close it. <laughs> you just reminded me of an episode of Seinfeld where yes. Jerry, Jerry's girl thinks his girlfriend's stomach is talking to him. We are huge fans of that. And that's why we probably think our fridge is talking to us in that manner. And that episode was just on. Uh, we've gone from, we're trying to wean ourselves. So the office is leaving Netflix to move over to the Peacock Network. Oh, yeah, yeah. And we, uh, The Office is like our background show, you know? Oh, yeah, that's one of mine too. Yeah. Uh, so we're trying to wean ourselves off of it for when it, go, when it leaves Netflix and we're weaning ourselves back onto Seinfeld. So yeah, I think that episode was on the other night. <laughs> Just spit <laughs> off my beard. Nice. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm not posting the video. <laughs> or maybe I'll just take this little clip. So now I've got uh, from Otter Creek Brewing Company uh, and Middlebury, their their good old free flow IPA. What an easy drink this is. Nice. Yeah. So I was reading your little blurb there on the EQX site. It looks like you've certainly gotten around a bit. I have. Was I it? Have. I know you mentioned Pennsylvania, Massachusetts, and Colorado just in that. But yeah. so how did you get into radio and end up in these places? I was Chris sitting on the floor of my college apartment, completely unfulfilled by what my future was gonna be as a uh, business analytics major, and was listening to the college radio station, not at the college that I went to, I went to Penn State, uh, a satellite campus, Penn State, Barron, and Gannon University had a really great radio station, 89.9 Energy FM. Uh, and I'm listening to this to this DJ, and I'm like, I can do that. And so I called the radio station, and I was like, how do you get on the station? And just naively assuming that I must have been a student, uh, the, the DJ said, well, just come to our meeting and, and fill out the thing to take a shift. And so I did. I kind of snuck my way onto their campus and went to the meeting. And So the bar was set real high. The bar was set. <laughs> <laughs> well said and their program director slash professor was like hey we need someone to do this shift and it was it was it was the morning drive shift at the college radio station clearly no college student wants to do mornings so that coincided with uh, an important class that i had at college so i dropped out of college and took the shift at the at the uh radio station and then a buddy of mine uh, asked me later that year or that summer, asked me if I wanted to go live at his parents' Cape Cod house, his Cape Cod beach house for the summer. And I was like, hell yeah, I do, man. Yeah, man, who wouldn't? Yeah. So went there and had my, you know, the resume for a DJ is a tape. That's, you know, it's your yep. air check tape. And so I sent it to some radio stations there, kept bugging them, kept bugging them started a little landscape company uh, in the meantime and didn't want to go back like a freaking Cape Cod, man. <laughs> and so ended up getting hired by the commercial radio station uh, out there, WKPE, and didn't go back. Five years I spent on the Cape. I met my dear friend, Tread, who life has come full circle now. I do every other Tuesday with Tread. Uh, yeah. he, he's here locally now. And then um, Cape Cod does get old after five years. The winters are brutal. I've always, uh, yeah. What's the winter like there? Because that it does not seem like a great time to be there in general. I mean, you know, maybe at this point in my life, I would enjoy it. Actually, I know I would because I've moved to the middle of nowhere, Vermont, where we see nobody. <laughs> so that, that was akin to Cape Cod in the winter. The summer, you know, three million people on this yeah. 70-mile stretch of land in the middle of the ocean. Great party. And then winter, just brutal, brutal. Nobody Oof. around. Uh, maybe one bar open on the entire Cape. So I uh, flew out to Denver for, for a little vacation to see a buddy. 
and uh, on the flight back to Massachusetts was was you know figuring out my U-Haul situation and I'm going to move there. So yeah, that's what I did. And then I spent about a decade or so out in Denver. So, so you're really just a permanent vacationer. That's it, man. <laughs> that's that's so true. That's so true. Gosh, you actually you you almost make me feel guilty for that. Not at all, man. I uh, no. Every time I go on vacation, I'm like, man, it'd be great to live here. Right. Yeah. Right. See, so you're, and you're just the person that follows through. That's what, yeah. that's all. I mean, we only live once. I don't want to have any regrets. You know. Everyone has that. Very few people follow through, and that's yeah. what you do. That's where you yeah. excel. Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess because there's radio everywhere, not everyone can just pick up and do the job that they do somewhere else. Yeah, um, that's another good point. Yeah. So thankfully, a lot of a lot of DJs have lived in way more places than I have because that's just the nature. You know, you sign a non-compete. If you lose your job uh, in the Albany market, you worked for for one of those corporate radio stations. Odds are you're not allowed to get a job uh, on radio, or you have to wait a significant amount of time. So they have to move to another market, and they always begrudgingly do that. Whereas I guess I'm just like hell yeah, I'll move. <laughs> But so not anymore, man. I will. I will die in the studio at EQX. That's my goal. And <laughs> just on air one day chatting, and then it just goes silent. Yeah. <laughs> so how did you end up settling in Vermont at EQX? Um, so out in, and I don't mean to use the word settle. I said how. So how did you end up there? Uh, in Denver, I had had it for corporate radio. I swore off radio. I was never going to do it again. And I was aware of EQX because of its, uh, its independence. It's, it's known throughout the, throughout the industry as one of those special places. And um, I decided to move to this area and start a whole new life with or without radio. And if I could get a job at EQX, then great. Uh, that's what I'll do. And it kind of really uh, just threw a dart at the map you know, wanting to be in this area and settled on Lake George because it looked gorgeous and it seemed close enough to Manchester, Vermont uh, on a map. And I took a job at the Sagamore there, which was incredible. I, I met some, some amazing, what are now friends at the Sagamore. I rented boats out on the docks in the summer and worked as a bellhop in the winter and, uh, and continued to try and get a job at EQX. And uh, finally got called in for an interview, and now here I am. Everything looks close on a map. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that doesn't look that. It's I can't possibly. It's far away, man. It's like it's... one inch away. <laughs> can't possibly be that far. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned uh, EQX being known throughout the industry. I didn't even... You guys have even been recognized by Rolling Stone. Like, back in the 90s, you guys were winning awards for best radio station. Yeah, back in the mid '90s, a few times. I mean, you constantly get the, you know, best station in the area in the capital district, oh, you know, from different places all the time. And again, a Vermont-based station, but no one ever thinks of that. Yeah, yeah, that, that's um, just super impressive. It's it's the independence that allows it to to stand out in the way that it does. The the freedom to not be questioned about the decisions you're making. Uh, is just, it's such a powerful thing. And I really believe it, it shows and you can hear it. And, and that's, that's why it was recognized by Rolling Stone. You know, just the, the freedom to not have to wait for research on a song to play it, which is what a lot of corporate radio, you know, hey, if, it, if it's not on the charts yet, we're not going to play it. Uh, well, how the hell does anything get on the charts if somebody doesn't start to play it? You know, somebody's got to start to play it. I know, man. Why are we in radio if we don't uh, just go with our gut reaction on music? And, uh, and that, that's what we continue to do to this day. Keller, Luke, and I sit down every Tuesday morning, listen to all the new music that has come our way in that week. And uh, we have some lively debates. The three of us have really different tastes in music. And we have a fun way of calling each other idiots without so much saying it. <laughs> And if anyone heard a can just open, that was me opening my uh, my next beer, my Browns Brewing Pale Ale. Yeah, buddy. Wow, this is this is actually a lot darker than I thought it was going to be. 
uh, this is why mostly I like to pour into a glass to see it because when, oh, yeah. you, drink, when you drink that pale ale out of the can, you don't you, exactly that, that's the reaction. You're like, wow, I didn't think it'd be this dark. No, this is not what I was expecting for a pale ale. Mm -hmm. uh, one other thing I want to ask you about that was in your little blurb there on the EQX site. Being born on, you mentioned being born on like a large floor model turntable. And I'm, I'm just having a hard time picturing that. You, not the birth. I, let me say that. <laughs> not the birth. What this, <laughs> what this large giant floor model turntable actually was. So we have one, we just got one uh, for our new house. The, the engineer at the radio station, Eric, goes around to these, uh, these flea, flea, flea markets and uh, like electronic equipment flea markets and just finds this great old equipment that is otherwise gonna be in the, in the landfill. And he, uh, he buys them, restores them, and, uh, and, and we bought one off of him. Well, my parents had one of these giant floor model consoles and it was, it probably must have weighed about 300 pounds. It had the TV in it. It had the AM FM receiver in it. It had the, ah, okay. yeah, you're picturing it now. Yeah. Now I'm getting yeah. a better image in my head. Yeah. Here. Yep. So, um, I don't know. My, my, I still don't understand how a woman gave birth on that, but I got a better image of what it was. <laughs> the object. Yeah, well, I think, I think my mom, uh, you know, just refused to think that I was going to be ready to come out into the world. So they're hanging at home and it got too late. And my dad said, well, that stereo console over there looks like a hospital bed. <laughs> <laughs> Top notch medical advice. Yeah. So I was born on music, man. That's a great story though. Yeah. That is I, awesome. I made that whole thing up. None of that's true. You son of a bitch. <laughs> I just wasted five minutes. Oh, come on. Like I, my motto is don't let truth get in the way of good radio. So I'm not going to let the truth get in the way of your good podcast, sir. It seems like you have. <laughs> That's the only thing I've made up this evening. All right. So what have been some of, uh, what have been some of your favorite moments from working at EQX? Personal highlights for you. Personal highlights. Um, everybody who has worked there during the era of Brooks Brown has a great tower story. And that is, uh, you know, when we get knocked off the air, you've got to get up to the top of the mountain to fix the tower. Um, th this was not a trip up the mountain to fix the tower. It was a trip up the mountain to grab the generator, which is the size of a large SUV, and bring <laughs> it down the mountain uh, after eight inches of snow had just fallen earlier that morning. And so uh, Brooks, Brooks was, uh, he, oh, what kind of puppy you got? The dogs are barking. She is a beagle, uh-oh, a beagle Australian shepherd mix. Beautiful. And her name is Zoe. Zoe. Zoe, uh, happy belated mutt day. I think it was mutt day earlier this week. Hey, fluff ball. <laughs> She's very fluffy. So Brooks was one-eyed. The mountain road is, is scary on a beautiful summer day. Uh, eight inches of snow had fallen. And then I was with, uh, with a couple of other wild cats. And so we go up there and you got to do a bit of off-roading when you get to the top of the mountain to get where the actual generator is. So we're slipping and sliding. Brooks has a, a suburban and uh, just a flatbed trailer attached to it so we're slipping and sliding to the to the site get the generator up on the trailer with pry bars we're cruising down the mountain uh at breakneck speed brooks passes a logging truck that's on its way down the hill because it's going too slow for him and the eight inches of snow mountain road and we go around the bend and one of the pry bars uh that we just threw onto the flatbed without securing it down, flew off of the, of the trailer. And so Brooks comes to a stop and he says, Jeff, get your ass out and go grab that pry bar. I can hear the, the lumber truck barreling down the mountain about to come around the bend as we're in this precarious situation. Um, and so I grab the pry bar, jump into the Suburban and we cruise down the hill. And I'm not really sure why that's my favorite memory at EQX, 
but I think about it all the time. And it was, I just, he made me feel like a badass, even though I was just this uh, noob that had no idea what was going on or anything like that. It just, I guess maybe it's my favorite story because it lays the groundwork for what EQX is. It's just controlled chaos, I guess. <laughs> my dog started flipping out during part of that story, so I had to go on mute. Oh, okay. Okay, well. <laughs> but that, um, no, but oh, I heard it. That's pretty. <laughs> that's and another, another great memory is, and this, I'm really going to pull back the curtain for your listeners, Chris. So there was a Weezer song that we refused to play because we didn't like it. And I'm not going to say which one it is. You could tell me off the air because that only makes me very curious. Okay. Um, well, maybe you can put the timeline together and figure out uh, their release dates and when Weezer actually came into the radio station at EQX and did a house session. Because they're, uh, and God bless him, Capone, Garrett Capone with Crush Management, their management team, so what is it going to take to get you to play this song? You've never not supported Weezer. Come on. What can we do? And I said, if Weezer comes to this radio station, I'll play their song. Wow. Um, yeah. So a couple of days later, he called my bluff, man. We played that fucking song. Because <laughs> a couple of days later, um, I get a call from their more direct manager asking about uh, airports in Manchester, Vermont. And there's not one, but there's a, a private landing strip. So I called the owners of the private landing strip and I said, is there any way we can, you know, can we work out a deal here to use your, your landing strip? And she said, I, I'm sorry, we just had a family meeting about this and no non-family members are, are allowed to use it anymore. And I said, respect that, no problem. And then about an hour later, she calls back and she said, hey, we're just kind of curious, like who were you guys gonna, who was gonna use it? And I said, oh, Weezer. And she goes, wow, we're idiots. We said no to Weezer. <laughs> um, <laughs> so anyway, I think they flew into Albany International and drove over and, um, and did an EQX house session for us. And, and it was just chaos. Rivers is a brilliant, brilliant person, but it made it very confusing for us. We didn't know that their sound check was their actual performance, so we weren't rolling. So oh. all props to Dan Madalone and, and his helpers for uh, being able to piece together an EQX house session that we were able to release. And it was, uh, that was an amazing day that wow. we came through, uh, through the radio station. <laughs> That's awesome. On the opposite end of that, I'm curious, what have, have you had those oh shit moments while you've been live on the air? Like, uh-oh, what, what's happening or what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, absolutely. And it, it uh, I mean, I, I guess it's, it's because of personal tragedies that that happens, not so much because there's just, a, you know, you kick into another gear when there's, when there's a global pandemic or whatever, and you realize you're a broadcaster, but it's the personal moments. When I found out that Brooks had passed, uh, I was on the air. When I found out that my father-in-law passed, I was live on the air. And it's moments like that where you, oh shit kicks in oh wow yeah. one uh well you mentioned this earlier you said you were on the air when not september 11th happened someone in that scenario how what's it like to get news like that and have and you know kind of break that on the radio thankfully i was i was uh on the air in denver with a morning team so there's there's a different element that's involved when you have other people in the studio with you when you're in there by yourself you automatically start to question uh is this the right tone am i doing the right thing um but when you've got other professionals to discuss it over with um that, that makes it a lot easier especially because i was with some seasoned veterans during 9 11 so and i think we were just living it in real life as everybody else was like was that a small plane that flew into the bit like that? You know, small planes have flown into buildings before. That was an accident. You know, until you really realized it was a, a terrorist attack and, and that this changes things forever. That, yeah, I, I think we, we just lived it out in real time along with everybody else. Just so happened to have microphones connected to wattage. Yeah, I remember I was, well, yeah, I was living in South Carolina and I caught the news stories between college classes when that happened. Also, ironically enough, the last class I had to take to graduate college for my bachelor's degree at St. Rose was a radio class. 
Oh yeah. Right yeah. on. Well, hey, uh, props to your professor because you are an outstanding host, and uh, and you've got the equipment there. So. Well, really, my goal is just to get the guests to talk as much as possible, so I can sit here and drink. So, <laughs> you know what? The, the show. So I mean, what I do on the morning show. The show's not about me. <laughs> I just kind of have to keep it moving along. Uh huh. Uh huh. Well, uh, cheers to you because you're doing a great job. Thank you. Let's talk about some of our favorite music from the year to okay. kind of wrap things up. What have been some of your favorite albums and songs this year? Um, songs is tough. I don't know why for me it's more difficult to pick songs than it is to pick um, albums. I'm the same way, although I do find myself – I'm reaching for Shazam more when I listen to EQX than I am any other station, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. And lately I've been reaching for Shazam while watching the Hulu series Fargo uh amazing soundtrack to that show but um fiona apple put out her album fetch the bolt cutters this year and it it, it grabbed me and and hasn't let me go uh, hands down my favorite album of the year is making a door less open by car seat headrest okay fleet foxes shore album run the jewels rtj4 I mean, that album so was written before, I mean, social injustices have been around as long as society has, but it feels like that album, RTJ4, was written after this past summer with everything that had happened with George Floyd and so on and so forth. Uh, Killer Mike and LP are just ahead of their time. Um, and then sports teams, Deep Down Happy, uh, th those are my five favorite albums from the year, but... Uh, it's always fun this time of year for music lovers or film or book or anything, right? When you get to go back and, and rethink about the things that you've listened to, read, watched over the course of the year. It, it, it's always cool to look back, I think. No, it is. And um, one of the albums that really stuck out for me this year, and I'm trying my best not to be biased because he's one of my favorite singer songwriters in general, Butch Walker, American Love Story. Are you familiar with Butch Walker at all? I hear him oh, on EQX. Love Butch. Yeah. You know what? You don't hear enough Butch Walker. No, you fucking don't. And because I, the only time I, the most of the times I hear him are on like the more relaxed. It was a Saturday or Sunday mornings. I've caught yeah. him on. Yeah. But his album American Love Story, a rock opera based on a character. If you go back and and I suggest everyone listen to this, but first read the story that he has about it before listening to it, so you can really follow along with the songs. It's one of the more cohesive rock operas albums i think track by track to tell the story that i've heard you know the redneck racist kid grows up from his you know bigot parents becomes a bigot himself gets his life saved by a kid he made fun of and then kind of evolves his thinking to where he has a gay son that gets marries a man and he falls in love and he becomes you know a great person it's a super interesting theme throughout the album and all the songs click and that one really stood out to me this year. That, hell yes, that is amazing. And imagine the courage to uh, write and put that out. That he, uh, well, if you go back and read anything about it, he, he recorded it two years ago. It's been sitting on the shelf for two years. Because he, can you imagine, like, no one wants to hear this. I don't want to share this much. I don't want to do it. That's amazing. It ends with, I don't know, it feels like, yeah, it starts in that dark place like we've been in, but it ends on, you know, a real hopeful, beautiful message and song. So. Awesome, Chris. Thank you for bringing that up. That is an album I recommend checking out. I also got, uh, what really surprised me this year, I've been, I can't stop listening to the new Killers album that came out this year. Okay. I haven't, right listened, to the, I haven't listened to the Killers in years, but something about this album, Imploding the Mirage, has just been fantastic. I think it is probably one of the top selling albums of the year. Uh, they reconnected themselves with a lot of people with that album. I feel like they did. And I another don't, I don't... band uh, that I kind of tie into that era, uh, not that sound, but The Strokes also put out an incredible album this year. Oh, yeah. I've been hearing yeah, catching one or two of their songs. I'm like, I like this. I don't know who it is. And then they said The Strokes. I'm like, I, can't, I didn't know they were even still around. Yeah, yeah. Another real big surprise. I don't know if you've listened to Machine Gun Kelly, but he put out a pop punk album. Actually, not that long ago. 
Um, I'm and aware of it. I have not listened to it. It is so much better in the pop punk scene than I thought it would be. It's actually really great. Oh. It's It's got that early 2000s vibe. He's got a great grungy voice for it, I think. And then Travis Barker is doing all the drumming and producing it. So he's got the overall punk feel. I was really surprised by that. So are you upset that EQX is not playing that? Because I, I a few tracks off of that have been number one. He has been dominating the second half of the year on the alternative charts with probably two or three number ones. Um, and we're the only alternative radio station uh, that reports to the charts that hasn't played it. Are you upset that you don't hear it on EQX? Oh, no. No, okay. not at all. It wouldn't make sense for us, would it? No, it, uh, I, I have an expectation when I think of EQX of discovering new bands, most of the time finding stuff I might not have realized or didn't know who was sending it to begin with. So honestly, if I heard that on EQX, I'd be a little surprised just because of the big name. He has that big yeah. star name now. All right, so I get you, Chris. You want more songs <laughs> after Shazam and more Butch Walker. I mean, more Butch Walker solves a lot of problems. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> you ask me. Well said. <laughs> but I mean, I've, I've just over the last couple of years, I discovered, um, well, even in the last year, Meg Myers, I wouldn't have known of probably without EQX. You guys started playing her cover there. What, uh, I, what a great cover that was. And that was fantastic. So I went back and checked out her album. Like, this is, this is fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, and she is just a great human. We were lucky enough to get her from one of those invite-only shows at Albany Distilling. Yeah. And, uh, man, she just performed her ass off. And, two was such a pleasure to, to speak with and talk to everybody that was there and hung. And, uh, yeah, love that, Meg Myers. I'm not going to lie. The, uh, if you haven't listened to it, the, the new Taylor Swift album caught me by surprise, too. I'm okay with that. Uh, well, well, what really pulled me in is she does. She has a collaboration with Bon Iver called Exile, and I listened to that. I'm like, this is, and it's produced by um, shit. I forget. Jack Antonoff from. Shit? Yeah, no, not that, not at all. <laughs> I couldn't think of the name. Ah, uh, it's kind of so, like those. Was it Jack Antonoff? He's yeah. Saying? He's he's one of them from Bleachers and Fun and uh, another respected musician in that type of scene help produce but it, i mean it's it's a real folky album i mean it's called folklore but uh i think it's some of the best songwriting i've heard this year okay yeah i i, I have no problem with that um what was the was, there was a documentary about taylor swift that i watched and totally flipped you know it's so easy to just hate on things it is because uh, we're supposed to or whatever but there's absolutely, what an amazing story Taylor Swift is. And what a talent and such positivity with all the negativity that's thrown at her. Yeah, because you, you start out as a giant country star, become the world's biggest pop star. You get to that, it's, and you get to that point where you automatically kind of lose the respect of the people that are into the independent scenes and things like that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I try to give everything a chance. I've never been a big hip hop fan, per, you know, per se, per se, but occasionally I find stuff that I really enjoy. I'll always love nineties hip hop. That's what uh, I grew, <laughs> that's when I grew just, up. Just yesterday I had a conversation. There's a hip hop artist, local hip hop artist, that wants to have a hip hop show on EQX. We got Jam and Toast, we got Going Underground, The Coffee House, EQ Exposure, all those. Uh, seriously contemplating putting a well-curated hip hop show on, on EQX, would that upset you? Not at all. Right on. I mean, every, I think everybody deserves their chance to shine if you've got the talent and, you know, the know-how. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, who knows? Maybe uh, maybe in the new year we'll have some hippity hippity hop hop. But and like I said, also from EQX, I picked up Eliza and the Do the Delusionals. Yeah. That's a great EP. I've yeah. been rocking that. And uh, the Interrupters, I heard them on EQX first. Awesome, awesome group. So disciplined. We had so many, and this was pre-pandemic. Uh, just one of those bands that we were supposed to see so many times, and it never happened. We, we had them behind the scenes kind of thing. We had them locked in for a Pearl Palooza and then had to shuffle to get uh, a new headliner at the last minute because things fell apart. 
They were supposed to open up for 311. Uh, I think that show was going to be at the Glens Falls Civic Center. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And they, yeah uh, I would love that, that. They are great. They are so talented. That, oh, man, uh, I'd love to see them live. That's got to be a great show. I can only imagine, but no idea. Yeah. I, th- I mean, locally, I think one of the, my favorite EPs that came out this year, Girl Blue put out a three-song EP, which was fantastic. You know, there are things that make you go, hmm. And it, why isn't Girl Blue at Taylor Swift level popularity? Girl Blue is so talented, so real, amazing. I mean, I was, I was blown away by the EP. I'd heard uh, Jim from Nippertown told me about her. I don't know if you know Jim. I'm somewhat familiar with Mr. Gilbert. Yep. <laughs> of course. He's great. Huge, huge supporter. Adam. Uh, side note, sorry to interrupt you, but I absolutely love what Nippertown has been doing um, with the 15 years ago today, this happened. 20, oh, yeah, yeah. Great archival memories uh, they're doing, but I'm sorry to interrupt you, Chris. Continue. No, no, it's great. Uh, because he had contacted me, he had come across the podcast, and I met with him, had him on an episode. He's an incredibly interesting guy, too, because he's been all over the place photographing all kinds of musical acts and things yep. like that. He and I recently got to etch our initials in the rafters above the cloud facade in the ceiling of the Palace Theater. We were above <laughs> the ceiling. Really? Yeah. <laughs> we were there for one of the palace session shows and uh and snuck into the rafters and found a piece of chalk and uh and etched our our initials into the steel beams there i love jim gilbert <laughs> yeah he was he was a great guy so i kind of write little companion it's articles for Nippertown when i post these episodes now after meeting with him it really just kind of expanded descriptions and things like that but uh yeah Nippertown's great check out nippertown.com too Amen. But uh, I think that's going to wrap things up, friend. Hey, fantastic. I'm really <laughs> honored to be a part of this, man. This was a lot of fun. You are great at this. And I, and I look forward to, uh, uh, I don't know, do you, do you listen back to them when they come out? Because I'm always, I oh, voice sounds so horrible. The, my least favorite part of this is my voice. But uh, <laughs> We don't feel that way. I don't listen to it after I post it because I've listened to it two or three times while I'm editing and trying to balance sound levels and things, things right like on. that. Well, again, I greatly appreciate you asking me to be a part of this great series, episode number 38. 38, baby. From a bar. The uh, end of 2020. Yes. Uh, cheers to you, man. Cheers to you, sir. here's 2021. Here's hoping. <laughs> so that's going to do it for this episode of Stories from a Bar. Big thanks, Jeff Morad for hanging out and joining me, drinking, telling some stories. I really appreciate you taking the time, man. Loved it. If you're up early, be sure to catch Jeff on EQX 102.7. If you're not familiar, during the week, follow in. And, of course, follow the station on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Keep tabs on everything they have going on virtually and hopefully in person again soon. Anything else you want to throw in? No, appreciate that. Appreciate you, Chris. Take care, man. Yeah, you too. And lastly, of course, thank you to everyone out there for checking out the show. You can find Stories from a Bar on Facebook. Follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Stories FAB. You'll find the show pretty much on all major podcast platforms, Apple, Google, Podbeam, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeart, YouTube, more that I'm sure I can't remember. So be sure to subscribe and even more importantly, leave a fantastic review and help spread the word. So until next time, cheers. Cheers. Cheers.